Hi, everyone. Welcome to the second season of the Sacred Space podcast. I can't tell you how excited I am that we've got a second season. (laughs) And if you haven't listened to the first season, I would encourage you to do that. There's 14 episodes on so many different topics that all bring us back to intimate, healthy relationship with God, ourselves, and each other. And I'm stoked about this season and the guests and the conversations and the things that are coming. And especially today with my first episode, I have a very special guest, my husband, Norm Stockton, renowned musician, bass player, producer, educator, session artist, and more importantly, husband and father and son of Jesus. And we had an amazing conversation about marriage and partnership. What does it look like to partner with your spouse, a partner in life, partner in ministry, partner in calling, whatever your calling may be, whether it's ministry or whether it's as an artist or a business person or in the military, whatever it is that you're made for, God has partnered you with your spouse. So what does that look like? And I loved this conversation. We covered a lot of ground, so I split it into two parts. So this is part one, and I really hope you enjoy it. And I really hope you get in touch with me and let me know how God's using the Sacred Space podcast. Enjoy. World famous Norm. (laughs) I know, your favorite title. (laughs) Bestowed upon you by our dear friend Justin Hepner. That is true. And it has stuck. It's even a hashtag. Y'all can check that out. There is a hashtag, world famous. Or not. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Thanks for being here. I am. Our second season of Secret Space. Yes, congratulations. So excited. They're awesome. So fun. Well, I thought it would be super fun for you and I to have a conversation about marriage. And specifically about marriage and ministry, marriage and calling. Right. Really about partnership. And um, you and I have been married almost 28 years. Dude, isn't that yeah, crazy? Unreal. <laughs> we've been mar- we've been with each other longer than we've been without each other at this stage in our lives now. That is true. We've we've crossed that threshold. And we still enjoy each other. That's we do. Awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so good. Um, I think I got the better end of the deal, but okay. Oh, now, now. <laughs> I'm recognizing, especially recently, uh, especially pouring into and ministering to young people, young leaders, a lot of really misunderstanding of, of what marriage partnership is and kind of a lot of naivete as they step into that and a lot of... Um, ideals in terms of maybe what life and ministry looks like and, and getting married to someone in ministry or, and, and I don't want to narrow this only to ministry, even with, yeah, it applies broad in a broader way, a broader way. It's believers maybe overlooking a lot, romanticizing that once I'm married, then I'll be fulfilled. There's issues with, especially if one of the partners uh, feels very significant calling to something, then the other partner kind of feels like they're at the mercy of that person's calling and they don't really see it as a, a partnership. And so I feel like you and I have journeyed 
pretty significantly and pretty well in that arena of partnership. And so I thought it would be fun to have a conversation about that. Yeah. Well, and I think a big part of that that went easier was the fact that you recognized God's calling in my life before I did. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So we uh, met in a, in a church's praise band. Norm was the bass player and I was the chick singer. You have a mullet. Yes, you had a mullet. Yes, that's the essential detail that must be mentioned every time. I did have a mullet. And I still married it. It was a highly functional hairdo back in the day. <laughs> functional? Really? All right. So, um, but yeah, I was working for the city of San Diego and we got married and we were both in the praise band of the church and we're spending a lot of time serving at the church, but I had the full-time day job and... Um, and right, you know, shortly, several years after we got married, you know, it's sort of, it's a, maybe just a bit more background is that I've been, I've been playing bass for many, many years. I came back to Christ several years before we met. Yeah. At the time I was prepared to give up music because for, for me, music was kind of my Egypt, but God had different ideas. And yeah. I got invited to serve with this home fellowship worship leader. I had no idea what that was, but I started, you know, he found out I played bass and I started playing with him and God was setting me up for this trajectory. Yeah. And I didn't really know at the time, but so we got married and we're having a great time. And, and I thought this was going to be a perfect situation because the job with the city was one that allowed me to have complete autonomy over my schedule, yet full health benefits and pretty decent pay and the whole thing. Yeah. And so I worked full time as a musician and full time with this at the city for for a number of years. Long time, yeah. And it was as far as I was concerned, it's like great, you know. Yeah. And at a certain point you said, "Yeah, I think the time is coming when God's got you doing this more full time, you know, just the music thing." And I thought, "Why on earth would we want to do that, yeah. you know? This is such an awesome thing that, that we have right now." And sure enough, you know, several years later, God made it super clear and we kind of both kind of looked at each other. It's like, are, is, is this something we're actually going to do? You know, is yeah. this, and it sounds kind of obvious, but a critical part of that was the two of us sort of agreeing. You oh, know? Absolutely. And everything about what I do in music and in ministry is utterly dependent upon you for a number of, you know, for a broad number of reasons, not the least of which is that you, you are a significant source of input and discernment and creative, you know, insight. And you're sort of, I guess you're sort of like the producer of my, <laughs> of my, you're, you're the producer of my life, you know? And, um, but you know, there's also practical things, you know, we had, we had young kids at yeah. the time and it's like, okay, if this is something that's going to happen, this is, we we have to be on the same page, yeah. period, or when things get rough, yeah. we're going to have a major source of dispute, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, that's enormous. You know, I talk to people, one of the things that I say is so critical in a marriage relationship, especially when you're talking about big life change, you know, whether that's quitting a job, changing a job. Um, moving, right? having kids. I mean, all of the stuff that you and I, you don't come and inform me. 
you've never come and informed me, hey, Gina, by the way, I'm going to quit my job and do music full time. You came to me and said, God's doing something. And I'm kind of feeling like maybe this is it. So what do you think? Let's pray about this. You know, there was, there was, well, it was it was a version of that because you had already told me that you you thought that so it was more well, right. it was kind of like you know that thing you brought up a while but back, that was you know? years before it was years before. it was years yeah. before and who you are wired to be who God made you to be is not a fly by the seat of your pants right. risk taking <laughs> kind of guy you are a very measured logical. Yes, God wants us to live by faith, but he also wants us to be wise and be good stewards. I have a family to support. But I'm know. still like a super action hero kind of guy <laughs> in, in, that. in that. Right, right. That's but, what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> but there's there's just a lot of, you're just very smart and wise and, and your stewardship's a big thing to you. So by the time God had worked on you and you had come to that place where you were even considering the possibility right. I knew the fact that you were even considering it, that this was the Lord. So that already gave me uh, a big, was very eye-opening and like, okay, here we go. This is Jesus. But even with that, you and I had to look at one another, lock eyes and go, do you hear God saying this? Yep. Do you hear God saying this? Yep. Have you prayed about it? Yep. Have you prayed about the? Okay. Are we going to do this? And we we looked at each other and we said, yes, we are going to do this. Because one of the things that I just is, I'm so passionate about is that this isn't just your calling. Right. It's our calling. Absolutely. Your ministry is not your ministry without me. Right. And my ministry is not my ministry without you. Right. We are something together that we can't be separate. And if we aren't unified and fully a united front when we make that decision, then as you said earlier, when it gets hard, and it will, when things are difficult, and they will be, when the enemy comes and says, did God really say, or, well, look, that you really screwed that up, or whatever, and he will, that Absolutely. you've now shut the door of opportunity for him to come in and start to use that against use that against you and my heart or use that against me and your heart. So that doesn't mean it's not going to be hard because it will be, but it means that we've we've taken the weapons out of his hands. Yeah. Because if we don't do that, if I don't look at you and go, "Yes, I am for you. I'm with you. We are called to this, whatever that means, whatever the cost may be, whatever sacrifices there are, we are together going, we're saying yes to that. Now it's not going to, if I don't, if I can't say that wholeheartedly, then I'm leaving room for bitterness and resentment to build. Absolutely. I'm leaving room for blame. I'm leaving room for as soon as something doesn't go my way or as soon as I'm tired, then I can start compiling my list of ammunition against you. Yeah. And that's been a huge thing for us because this life is no joke. (laughs) Right? No, it is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the faint of heart. Well, going from a a full-time government income yeah. to freelance musician. Yeah. And for, for years, that was our only, that was our household income, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think 
there are logistical considerations like, you know, how are we going to pay the mortgage? But certainly doing ministry, it hacks the enemy off, you know, yeah. when we're when we're stepping out in faith. And so I think that marriages, marriages are under attack anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's the favorite thing, I think, for the enemy to, to just put wedges in there between spouses. And, and I think uh, certainly this whole journey that we've been on, every critical point, I feel like we kind of fasted and prayed and, yeah. and God kind of made it clear, this is this is where I want you to go. And kind of reaching those conclusions together has been of utmost importance and, and has over the long haul proven time and time again that, man, things would be very, very different had we not had those discussions and kind of been on the same page in that regard, you know, because yeah, whether it's the freelance life is feast or famine during the famine times, it's tough, you know, and if you're not convinced that God spoke clearly and, you know, in our situation, there were a number of ways that God really confirmed. Yeah. It was significant because it's never as simple as we think it is, you know, even, even that, even that journey, even that revelation that like, oh, wow, I think, I think we're supposed to do this. And then you and I praying and fasting and we came up to Orange County. We went to church. A friend of ours was Mm -hmm. leading worship at God spoke to both of us very clearly at that church service and your devotional. We're, we're, we're making these steps and we're going forward. And even in that, it's so easy because we're humans. I think everybody does this, you know, you go, oh, God's calling you us to do this. So it's going to look like this. Like we kind of come up with our <laughs> presumption right. of what that path is going to be. Right. Exactly. And so what was really <laughs> fascinating. So you, you were working full time at the city and then you were traveling with Maranatha Music. So Maranatha Music was doing something called the Worship Leader Workshops, which was probably the first iteration of a praise conference, a worship conference before right. Passion and all those guys were doing that. And so you were traveling a lot, so working full-time plus traveling on the weekends and, and doing these clinics. During that time, God, uh, you got uh, inspired to do Grooving for Heaven, which was base curriculum for bass players within the church, because you recognized that um, bass players were all had very similar uh, musical issues. Holes in their bag, as it were. Holes in their bag, <laughs> as you like to say. Um, most of them ex-guitar players who said, oh, I'll play bass and (laughs) self-taught. How hard can it be? Yeah. And so, you know, you had been growing this, this thing. And, um, and I think there were maybe 17 dates with Maranatha that, that last really busy year before we moved. And so the assumption was, you know, Maranatha's in Orange County. We're going to be closer. There'll probably be 20 or more dates. We sell our house, we move, we buy another house, we sold our house, bought a house, our mortgage went up by $700 a month. The city allowed you to go to halftime, which was a huge provision. So yeah. you were able to maintain health insurance and half of your salary. Yeah. Um, but it was still a big cut. It's half. Absolutely. And then we get the phone call in December that um, this year there will be two Maranatha dates. Yeah. Not 17. Exactly. Yeah. It's... I think again, God's sense of humor, you know, because <laughs> we we uh, I I want to say that had we known that if God had told us, we still would have gone. Right. But I don't know. I think God maybe knew that. Yeah, 
if if I knew that ahead of time, I would have really struggled with yeah. that, you know? And, yeah, and, that was the carrot that God had to almost dangle yeah. to get you to go, okay, I'm going to take the step. And then once we took the step, he's like, okay, actually. Exactly. Now that you're here, <laughs> let me tell you what this is really about. But so all that to say is I just want to encourage people, don't, and and we're in our 50s now, and the Lord's still... Barely. <laughs> Hey, hey now, you're more there than I am. So, mm-hmm. um, but even now, God's still pushing me on that letting go, have expectation in that we have a good God. We have a father who is moving, you know, Jeremiah 33, two and right. three, thus says the Lord who made it, who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you don't know yet. And so there's, we want to live by faith. We want to live with this great expectation that God is going to move, but we don't want to lay our design <laughs> and our anticipation of what that should look like. We need to learn how to live with expectation, but also let go of it so that we can enjoy. Open hands. Because his plans are always way better than ours anyway. Like God opened the door for you then to start doing clinics in your own right, not just with Maranatha Music. He opened doors for you to grow as a solo artist, as a jazz artist, all these different things that we never would have seen had we held on to our had we been devastated and disappointed and left and come back to San Diego or whatever the case may be. And the reality is we never missed a mortgage payment. Right. Yeah. Our kids were healthy and had food on the table, but it was an e-ticket ride. You know, it, it wasn't for the faint of heart and you were traveling a ton and I didn't know anybody up here and you know, there, and then the, you know, a lot of attack, a lot of crazy, weird yes. spiritual attack when you were gone was when pestilence and <laughs> disease, like all the things would happen. Yeah. Every time you'd leave, something crazy would, ha- would happen, a flood or a car gas leak or, a, you know, rats in the walls of the house or, yeah, you it's know. Different types of things, but you're speaking past tense. I mean, that stuff still Kerosene gets poured on the fire yeah. uh, regularly when I'm on the road, and I think it's the enemy's design. And the you know? same happens when I'm, yeah. send, you know, heading in to do a prayer training or yep. something. Absolutely. Then, then our family, the attacks come, and so the unity between you and I, and for those years when our kids were little and I was the stay-at-home mom, and you were traveling and and doing that stuff, for me to be able to look at you and go. I am here. I am in. I'm with you. I may not always like it. I may have a bad day. You may need to be okay listening to me complain here and there or be frustrated. But that's not going to change the fact that I'm in this. Like right. we're I'm going we're doing this. Uh and that's a that's just a huge it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. It's a huge Unity thing. It's also a huge gift that a spouse gives a spouse. Yeah. Right. Because that in turn frees me up, and I know that you have my back. Yeah. And conversely, when with your ministry now, 
I totally have your back. Yeah. And you never need to feel like there's you know, resentment or any yeah. anything like that. It's like, no, I'm championing right. you. Know, you. Um, but I think, I mean, we were talking a little bit before this recording about how this dynamic is hugely applicable to people that aren't necessarily doing ministry vocationally or whatever, yeah, right? Absolutely. It's like, I think the whole idea is being on the same page and recognizing and supporting that calling in each other's lives. Yeah. And that's not the easiest thing to do. Yeah. And so... I think that's sort of that counting the cost thing. And if you know that this calling, your spouse has this calling, then there's this, okay, we are a team. Yeah. And therefore we have this calling. We, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because, and it feels, some people may say it's semantics and it's subtle, but it's not. There's a difference if I say we have this calling And if I say, well, Norm has this calling and I'm just kind of tagging along or I'm being dragged along because if I can, if I can stand with you in this and. and Do you want to unpack that though? Because the, we were talking about this, (laughs) we talk a bunch when we're not being recorded as well, but we were talking about how it's like, yeah, you know, you're not a bass player. Right. Right. (laughs) And, and I don't have the teaching gifts that you do. And yet we're both, you know. You want to unpack that a little bit? Yeah. So, and this came up not that long ago. I was asked to come and um, do some prayer ministry over a young couple that we know that we've poured into a bit. He is a pastor, his wife. um, So they're, you know, they're married in ministry. She has her own like photography business. He's a worship pastor and they both are deep wells, like just you just know that God has so much to store for them. And they were walking through some um, challenges, not necessarily maritally, just walking through challenges with really some spiritual attack. And and they have a young child and just, just trying to figure this all out and moving forward. And as I was praying for them, the Lord just kept having me pray for who they are as a couple, what they are called to. Not what he's called to, not what she's, but what they are called to. And that God has called the two of them together and that there's something significant and powerful about what he is birthing in them. And uh, so when we got done praying, I said, you know, I just want to encourage the two of you that, you know, his call is your call and her call is your call. And, And she looked at me and she's like, I don't understand that. Like, how does it work? Like I, he's a worship pastor. I, I mean, yeah, I can sing, but I don't feel like I'm supposed to be leading the worship team with him. Or right. I have this photography business. He's not going to come be my second shooter or like run my business. And I said, no, it's not. It's not about that. It's about you looking at your husband and going, yes, <laughs> you, we are called to ministry, to be a worship pastor. That means that I am with you and we're choosing this lifestyle. We're choosing um, the weight, like life and ministry is hard. Being a pastor is difficult. It has its whole unique challenges financially, yeah. drain, emotional bandwidth, learning how to have boundaries. It, it, as much as you put up boundaries, it's going to seep into your right. life and your house. So he can't stand there unless the two of you are standing there. And the health of him. That's Say that again. He can't stand there unless the two of them yeah. are standing there. Amen. And that 
that is profound and significant. And if couples can understand that, whatever, and I'm not just talking about ministry. Now she has this photography business, but now she's feeling called to pour into young marriages because she's seeing, she's photographing all these weddings, but she's also seeing a lot of people walking in blind or walking in with crazy, weird, sideways expectations. And so she wants to pour into them. And so she can't stand there unless the two of them are standing there. And that doesn't mean you walk away from your own call of ministry, but it means that you're unified and you are partners. Exactly. And that also brings uh, to mind kind of the um, we have some friends, Brian and Linda Seitz, who have a tremendous ministry to marriages. Mm-hmm. They've written, they have a class called Rebuild for marriages who are in crisis or just struggling a bit. They counsel and mentor. They've done counseling for years, couples counseling, and they, they also counsel and mentor married couples and law enforcement couples. And one of the things that just has been a just a brutal tool of the enemy is a distortion of the submission model. Mm-hmm. There's that kind of fundamental idea that God's the head of the husband, the husband's the head of the house, and therefore leadership in the home means I'm making all the decisions. Right. <laughs> We're going to do this. Yeah. My way or the highway. You need to submit to me. And it may not be outwardly verbally said, but it can happen in actions on both parties' part, right? So the wife can get totally passive and not believe or trust that she has anything to offer or to um, that she's not a partner, that she's a subordinate. Right. And that's not that's not who Adam and Eve were. That's not what God designed marriage to be. He designed male and female different, right? Mm-hmm. And that when they're joined together, there is something completed that isn't there individually. And for a man to recognize that, the uniqueness in his wife, in how she's just made because she's female, but also how she's gifted, how she's wired, the emotional intelligence she brings, maybe the wisdom that she brings, he would be a fool not to access and take advantage of those gifts and realize that those are for his benefit and for the benefit and vice versa. And I think there's a lot of marriages that a lot of um, spouses, not just husbands, not just wives, that do a lot of damage to each other in that misunderstanding. So that's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. And that's probably a whole other show. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) But... Yeah, amen to that. I I think, yeah, absolutely. And you you said it all. You know, I think that um, the sort of patriarchal, traditional way of looking at that um, short circuits thousands and thousands of marriages, yeah. um, and makes them ineffective and you know really adversarial. Yeah. When the reality is that we are a team. Yeah. And I'm an idiot. If I'm not taking advantage of the enormous things that you bring to the table, and I hope that you would, you probably feel the same about you know what I bring to the table as well. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And so, any big decisions, we're always kind of bouncing them back and forth, and kind of you know. And so, I don't think 
I'm thinking through, I don't think there's ever been a time in our 27 years of marriage where I was like, well, this is how it's going to be. Yeah, no. There's never been a time. No. And and that's primarily because, aside from the fact that I'd be a jerk, <laughs> there's there's never been a need. Yeah. Right? Because we're discussing things, we're bouncing ideas back and forth, we're kind of like weighing things out, we're, we're seeking the Lord individually as well as together. And, and then we're making the decision and, you know, most of the time we're in complete agreement about what we're supposed to do, you know? And so I think that doesn't trust, I mean, and I think trust just weighs so heavily in that, that I trust you and you trust me. So that unity can happen because I'm never feeling like I have to manipulate or prove or, yeah or fight for my whatever and and you're not feeling like you need to do that either we know that there's i know that you're for me and you know that i'm for you and i think that when we can say that then we can have those conversations you can come to me and say i think we should consider moving because moving don't Orange County wasn't part of my original, hey, you're going to be in music full time. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, so, you know, you weren't coming in. First of all, you weren't coming in and saying, this is what we're supposed to do and we're going to do this, you know, get on board. But you were saying, I think that God is calling us to this. What do you think? Let's pray about it. But I also, I trust you. I know you're for me. I trust your relationship with Jesus, you know, so that we can enter into that dialogue and that prayer and that fasting together. And we can sometimes agonize over a decision, which we've had to agonize yeah. over decisions before. And and it doesn't just go, I also want to make it clear, this isn't just you, my husband. This also applies the other way around. Like two years ago, I felt God was calling me to resign from my job at a church I'd been on staff for nine years. Yeah. At that point, because of the nature of the music industry and the changes that was a and big everything, deal. it's another yeah, big deal. <laughs> your your income wasn't as much as it had been in the past because of you know digital sales shifts things and has drastically just really hit how musicians make money. And I was bringing the ins- health insurance right. and a very consistent paycheck. And the Lord, first of all, I didn't resign without you and I, I I came to you and said, I, you know, I feel like God might be calling me out, but I don't know when. And and that was a process for several months. I think you and I both were like, yes, but not yet. Yes, but not yet. Right. Yeah. There there was actually, I think it went longer than that because you were feeling like this, you know, it'd be pretty cool if the season ended pretty soon, but wanting to be, you know, uh, obedient. obedient. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. and so we're not going to go until we're, we're released. And there were several times that it was like, yeah, I totally see that coming. I don't believe that's yet. Right. You know? And I wasn't going to, I was not going to resign until you and I both felt like the Lord said it was time. Again, because I trust you. I know that you're for me, and I know that we're both, our motive and agenda is obedience. Yeah. And so, but for us to agree to do that was, that was going to be a big jump. That was a riskier thing than us moving to Orange County. 
Yeah, I think so. A much riskier thing. And it wasn't, oh, um, the Lord didn't say, oh, you're going to go get a job here. Right. (laughs) Right? And you didn't say, you need to go get a job here. You said, no, I believe that God's doing something I believe he's got a calling on your life and we're going to do whatever it, we're just going to do whatever it takes to be in the season of transition and obedience. That's sort of that thing that you're talking about where, you know, what's it supposed to look like and holding things with an open hand, right? Because yeah. I, you know, Ephesians 2 talks about, you know, the good works that God's prepared in advance for us to do, but we don't know what exactly those works are specifically, right? We Usually. no idea, yeah. right. And so... We can look back and go, oh, yeah, you can clearly see God's fingerprints on stuff. But at the time, it's like, okay, so what does this look like exactly, you know? Absolutely. And we didn't know at that time that my dad's, who had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, that his Alzheimer's was going to take a dip and that he was going to rapidly progress and need to go into long-term care. So I started having to drive down once a week, which I never could have done done if I was on staff full-time somewhere. Um, We didn't know that um, your daughter, my stepdaughter, Mm -hmm. Jackie, who we hadn't seen in a long time, we'd get reunited and eventually her and our grandson would move in with us for a period of nine months. And we didn't know so many things. We didn't know that we would eventually start, uh, you know, with my ministry and mentoring and teaching and self-publishing my prayer training and and starting a podcast right. that we would then incorporate and have a nonprofit, Stockton Ministries, which just became official a few months ago. Woohoo! So, <laughs> no idea. Yeah. When we're unified and we're saying yes to the Lord and making these huge steps, these huge risky steps and to be able to look at each other and go, you know what, if we lose the house, we lose the house. This is where we're supposed to be. Yeah. And we're not there. (laughs) Praise the Lord. We we're not there, but we've had moments and, you know, we are in the most dependent (laughs) place we've ever been with the Lord, but there's nobody on the planet. I'd rather be in that place with me. Me too, honey. (laughs) I hope that you were encouraged by this episode. And like I said, this is part one of a two-part conversation. So join us next time when we talk further about what it means to trust God in marriage. Well, again, we're so excited that there is a season two of Sacred Space. And if you enjoy this podcast and you want to help support us so that we can continue to produce this podcast and other projects by Stockton Ministries, you can make a tax-deductible donation by following the links in the episode notes or going to my website, GinaStockton.com and clicking the donate button in the top right corner. I know there's a lot that competes for your attention, but my hope is that this isn't just another podcast, but this is a place where you can meet your God, your Father in Heaven who loves you, that you can be drawn into deeper, healthier relationship with Him, which then in turns creates healthier relationships with yourself and the people around you. So God bless you. Have an amazing week, and we'll see you next time in the sacred space.